We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, my friends, here we go. And welcome back to another audio adventure here on Insight. I'm Chris Fanfleet. Thank you so much for coming back each and every episode. And I'm just so pumped up about this one today. Not only because it's with a UFC Hall of Famer and an absolute legend in the sport, but because we got to sit down with Chuck Liddell at his house to do this interview in person. And I'm sure you're well aware of who Chuck Liddell is from some of his legendary fights over the years with Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, Kevin Randleman, so many others. But you might not know that he also has a podcast now as well. You can check out Icebreakers, which he co-hosts with comedian Adam Ray, wherever you're listening to this right now. So make sure to subscribe to Icebreakers. And if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to Insight as well. And you guys know, we talked about it for a while. The goal was to hit 2,000 reviews for the podcast. Before my birthday, which was last month, May 19th, we were reading one review on every single episode as a way to say, thank you for being on this journey with us. We stopped once we hit 2,000, but a lot of you reached out and said, why just stop? I want to hear my review on the show. I want to get that free shout out. So with that said, the reviews, oh, they're back, baby. So I'll be reading one review on every single episode. It's just a small token of my appreciation for you. So if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, which is the only podcast platform that allows for reviews. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you haven't left a review yet, take a second right now to click those five stars, say a few words, and we'll read them out. Like this one from M Chow One, who says, CVV is the man. Chris's show is the show. I love his interview style. He always seems to be in a good mood and always seems to be very positive with his guests. I'm glad he switched up his show to include non-wrestling guests. And I look forward to seeing what he does next. Keep up the great work, Chris. Well, thank you so kindly. And this is one of those many non-wrestling guests. I, I want to make it clear that while I am a wrestling fan, I am not a wrestling podcaster. And that is nothing against wrestling podcasts or wrestling podcasters, but I am simply just a podcaster. I am simply just a broadcaster and not just a wrestling podcaster or a wrestling broadcaster. I want to talk to interesting people. That's the whole point of the show. That's why it's called insight. I want to be able to take the insights of people who are at the very top of their game. And when you talk about people who are at the top of their game, 
I mean, this man is a trailblazer in the sports. So let's get right into this one. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the Iceman, Chuck Liddell. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home. Oh, thanks for coming. This is, it makes it a lot easier. But there's also no better way to have a conversation than this. Well, yeah, we, in person. Yeah, this is person. always good. Yeah, like I, I've uh, I've always been that way though. Like I, even before all this, like Zoom and I like I'm like I do radio interviews and they're like, oh, you don't have to go in. You can just call in. I'm like, yeah. uh, I'm I'm here. Like I'll I'll come in. Which I think works out better for everybody. Because well, it does I mean, we, I, you go in, especially if you've never worked with somebody. Yeah. You go in and you're going on a radio interview, right? Yeah. And you get in there and, and and it's just cold from the first thing you do is you start talking to the guy. Yeah. I mean, and, and I go from the day when people had no idea what UFC was. <laughs> sure. These guys, have, you have no chance to get any kind of rapport with them. You have no, they don't know anything about your sport. Yeah. Um, and you're like, and you're trying to have a conversation and make it interesting, right? Yeah. And promote, and then, and promote something while you're in a short period of time. Yeah. So, you know, I always felt it was always better to get there early talk to the guy, you know, when the guy's off for a minute, have yeah. a conversation before you actually decide to be on the radio for three minutes and but, try to promote something. But I think that says a lot about you because there's a lot of people that would go, no, I want to put in like the least amount of effort possible. I'll just call in at 817 and we'll make this thing happen. Well, yeah. And, but I mean, I, I mean, I don't want to be overworked, but I also, I, I, I think product over, over laziness, I guess. I don't know. Sure. I'd, I'd, I'd rather... I'd rather ha- I'd rather have a good I like I want to get out of here on time. I can tell guys are doing things. I want to get out of here on time, but I want to make sure you got what you need. Yeah, right. I would I want, I'd rather have a good product. Yeah, when we're done than have me get out of here an hour early. Yeah, you know. So when did you become Chuck? I mean, your name is Charles, but when did you become Chuck? Um, that's actually funny. Um, I no one ever asked that. I I actually didn't like the name Chuck. I fought it for years. My family called me Charlie. Um, like I actually had in high school, I had buddies who'd call up, Hey, is Chuck there? And my, and this is back, you know, we had this phone. Sure. So, yeah. so my grandma, my grandma answered the phone. Nope. No Chuck here. And my, I'm up. I'm like, Oh, uh, uh, is Charlie there? And she, Oh yeah, he's right here. Oh, she wow. hand me the phone. Yeah. Like, it's like, it was like, not allowed. Uh, but I, you know, eventually I just got used to it. Now, now I, that's, I call, I tell people my name's Chuck. So does anyone call you Charlie now? Um, my family still, my, my mom, my sister, my brother. Yeah. Um. And then some friends from like I it's I I've said this before in a couple of interviews a while ago and now it changed a little bit but I used to if I heard someone yell Charlie when I'm walking through because I walk through a crowd I try not to look a lot if I'm trying to get somewhere fast and just someone yells my name I just keep going because I <laughs> you kind of stand me. out yeah you have to kind of stop me to get me to stop because otherwise if I turn around and they go come here I'm like okay I'm coming here I'll take a picture but I, so I'm trying to walk through but I hear Charlie and you'll give me you know, oh. Oh, um, I'm thinking, oh, it's somebody from high school or someone yeah, yeah. from one of my family members or somebody. Um, so yeah, I, but for the most part, yeah, everyone calls me Chuck now. Did you have a moment after you retired where you're like, you know what? I could grow my hair out now. I could live like, you know, everybody else now. Um, you know, I never really, it was always that even when I retired, I, I started doing right away. It's like, I did a lot of appearances like, yeah. and I've, and I've shown up a couple of times with the shaved or, you know, grown out. I grew it out for a couple of movies and. Stuff and and people are like uh well they kind of expect you to show up in character for yeah. your appearance, um like even like shaving my face though actually my funniest story was face shaved my face first time I shaved my face after my daughter Gwen whenever I was born, um she was like I mean she was three, but she was 
she was horrified. I, I didn't tell her I was shaving. I came down without it on. It's like, who's Daddy, this man in my house? Put your lips back on. Daddy, put your lips back on. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. This is Daddy. You're, I'm okay. And she was like, scared. I was like, oh, man. Like, uh, but yeah, you, I look so different with that, without, a fa- without facial hair. It's funny that you describe it as a character because, sure, it's a character, but it's so very much who you are. Well, yeah, it, but it, it's, it's like, you know, I, it really a long time ago when I was kickboxing, um, this is a long story, but anyway, I, I was going, I was going to go fight in Strongbow Arena and, 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 and um, Bakersfield. And um, the guy, Eric, Eric, I think it's Eric Nolan was his name. It was, a, it was a guy that, you know, used to run the, um, or run the fights. He was uh, the promoter. And I showed up and I fought and I got a knockout, second round knockout. Nice. And afterwards he goes, man, you can't, you, can you put the Mohawk back, bring the Mohawk back next time? I mean, you can't come here like that. Everyone's thinking you never showed up and fought. I'm getting people mad at me that you never came. Oh, that's funny. I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, I'm, I have a, I had a court case I had to go to. I got, uh, there's a bar fight and I got, I had to go to, I had to go record and they, they said, well, can you, can you shave your head and go shave, you know, can you, can you grow your hair out and shave your face? For the, for the court case. Your lawyer so, said this? Yeah. So I, I did that before the fight because I, I had, I had to grow out my hair, so I grew my grew my hair out because I had I'd go to the, the court case the next week. You wanted to look like I, a good guy. They wanted me to look well, yeah. But they, I, the guy was it was a BS thing. The guy was like, I was throwing the guy out of the bar. He tried to throw. I was picking him up, carrying him out of the bar. He tried to throw me, and you know, he tried to roll roll me through, and yeah. I just and I just hip tossed him, and he landed on his head. So, yeah. and, but it was one of those things. It was one of those things. I actually, my lawyer got him real good because he was. I didn't, he didn't. I didn't. We didn't know he did wrestle wrestle high school. I said he he obviously wrestled in high school. He's just not as good as me. <laughs> Because he tried to do like an arm spin thing, and he, and I just countered it, and and he, he asked him on stand. I said, "So, so how you wrestled in high school, right?" He's like, "Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I wrestled all all, all four years." And I'm like, "Yeah, so you knew, you know this this move, and you, that's what you did." <laughs> like it was like it was pretty funny, Jeez. but it, it was it was it was easy to win that, that case. But was there ever a point in your life when you were gonna have a quote unquote real job? Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, I I, I went to school for um uh, for accounting. I got an account, I have a degree in accounting. I can't actually, imagine not, you being an accountant. Um, yeah, yeah. And and you know, honestly, I I started kickboxing when I was finished wrestling and I was finishing up school. Yeah. I decided I really want to do this. I was having a lot of fun, but I wasn't making any money. And right around ninety ninety seven, I was I was kind of I went to John Hackleman, my trainer, and I'm like, you know what, man, I I love. I'm having a great time. I'm bartending, kickboxing. It was a, it was a blast. Sure. We we're having a good time. I had, I love my, I love fighting. I love what I was doing. But I'm like, you know what? My family's giving my, put giving me a lot of pressure to get a real job. Go out there and got an accounting degree. Go out. I yeah. mean, my grandma wants to brag. I'm working for some big firm. You know, I, and um, I'm like, I, you know, I told my, I, we're not. If we don't start making money soon, I, I really got to get a real job. I mean, I. I love this, but I can't just, I can't just do this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, well, I don't know. You know, it's, it's hard to make money kickboxing. And, and right after that, um, Nick Blomgren, the guy actually who kind of really got me started kickboxing comes came, called me up and said, Hey, Alfie says you're a pretty good wrestler. Um, do you want to do a mixed fight? And, um, invite me. I, I did a, this like open hand striking fight in, in, in Vegas, actually at the Orleans. It was the first one of those ever, and it was on a kickboxing card, but it was an extra fight on there. Oh, wow. I went up kicking the guy in the head, knocking him out, and some guy from um, from the stands comes up, hey, man, do you want to fight in the UFC? And now, 
back then, I, I don't know. No one I didn't know how to get in the UFC. We are like, I, I mean, we, and we've been talking about me. My friends were like, man, you need to fight in the UFC. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know Lorenzo Neal. He's yeah. always come up to me. He's, a, he's like, you need to fight in the UFC. You're a great fighter and you're a wrestler. And you need to go fight in the UFC. Like, and he was like, I'll get you in there. We just got to figure how do we get in there? Yeah. No one knew how. Right? So, yeah, it's like, guy asked me, do you want to go in? And they offered me UFC 17. Uh, uh, to be an alternate to a tournament and yeah. for $1,000. $1,000. And I was like, okay. And I was back in. I was back in. Okay, now I'm not going to get a real job. I'm going to go back to fighting again. <laughs> like, it got me. And, and uh, I fell in love with the sport. And that just been doing it ever since. I think, I think timing in life is everything, though. And had you been coming up just five years before, you would have had to get that real job because UFC wouldn't have really been a thing. Right. It, well, yeah. Yeah. If it just been, yeah, five years, it would just, UFC would have been just starting and it wouldn't have been anything. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, I, I, I still think I would have found my way there somehow. I would have been, got the real job and then been doing it on the weekends. I always would have been doing martial arts and fighting of some sort. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, being the right place at the right time and being prepared when you're in the right place at the right time. Yeah. It's a big thing. You know, you know, I got, I got a lot of, I got, I think some of the opportunities were lucky. Uh, some of the opportunities were, Hey, you got to put, you had, you have to win. Yeah. Uh, you know, I asked for some of the breaks. I mean, like, uh, Randleman, I, yeah. I, he came down from heavyweight from the heavyweight champion and he was going to fight. They offered me a different fight. I'm like, I, I don't want that fight. Can I have Randleman? I want him. Oh man, I you know I'm like, if you if you beat him, you have to fight your friend Tito. I'm like, oh, yeah, I want the title. I'm like, he's, he's still got the title when I get there. Where he's we're gonna have to fight. Yeah, I'm like, we ain't that close. Was it- we weren't even close. I mean, we were we were training partners really, and I didn't I didn't dislike the guy at the time, but no. Are you still close now? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. We we, we never could have mended things we are, later. No, we never we never we were never. I, I, he tried to build, build it up that we were really close friends because yeah. we, he didn't want to fight me because when we trained together, I beat the hell out of him. I beat him at wrestling because he's a style wrestler. I like to, I just styles make fights in wrestling sure. too. Yeah. And I, he's a wrestler. I like to wrestle. Um, he couldn't do anything to me on the ground. He couldn't stay on top of me on the ground. And we're just doing ground stuff. He couldn't, 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 he could start on top and he still couldn't stay there. And he definitely couldn't take me down when we we're striking at all. And I used, to, I used to drop him with body shots all the time. He hated it. Um, but, and then, so when it came time to fight, he's like, I can't beat this guy. You know, I'm not going to so, fight this guy. So he created this storyline. Yeah, has this whole storyline. I mean, if you, if you, if you looked at the whole storyline, if you, from the old days, like, if you listen to what he was saying, he, he basically took me out of the street, fed me, and, and, and taught me how to fight, and I turned on him. Right. I guess, yeah, he used to sleep on my couch, and, and my wife fed him. I'm like, that's because you're too cheap. Get me a hotel room. I was your sparring partner. I came down to be a sparring partner as a favor to you. Yeah. As people and as people asked me to do it, like, and I'm like, uh, you know, I came, I came to be, I came as a, as a, a favor to you to be a sparring partner. You didn't, and I stayed at your house yeah. as a favor to you, so you didn't have to pay for me to get a hotel room. Yeah. I'm like, how is that? And then you didn't have a bed where I, so I slept on your couch. Yeah, that's me being nice. I mean, I had nothing to do with, uh, you, you know, it's not like, and we, I mean. We trained together here and there, but and and I, I he's got some friends of his that be, became friends of mine that I I'm still friends with today, but but you're not friends with him anymore. I'm not. I haven't been friends with him in a long time. But that's other thing too. I think people get 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 it mixed, and they think um I'm I hate him. Like, yeah, I, I got no ill will towards him. Like I I 
you're doing business well, watch yourself. Yeah. You know, but you know, I, hey, more power. I'm hope he's happy. I hear he's a good father, which I mean, that, that's a big thing for me. With people, sure. if you if you take care of your kids and you're, you're good for your kids, great. That's a great thing. You know, I, I, I his girl, I like her. I mean, I, I knew her from the past, and she's a really really nice person. I, she's always been cool to me. Um, and I hope they're happy. Yeah. I, I just want to. I just I want nothing to do with them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do business with them. I, I'm sure, not, definitely don't want to do any business with them. But I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the guy. But it, it is what it is. Was he hard to work with behind the scenes as well? Like, I mean, oh, like I, doing oh, business he, with look, him. okay, yeah, he's not one of those guys. Like, um, like, like a Chael Sonnen. Yeah, Chael Sonnen goes out. You know, we were doing, a, we were both going to be on the same show, but I, either, he was filming his episode, and I was like, hey, in the same place. Yeah, I'm in the green room talking to his mom, and she's, oh, I'm a big fan of yours. We're talking. He's out there, and, and it was right around the uh, 2018 fight stuff. So, when I was fighting again, mm-hmm. um, and he was out there just and he, and he talked shit, he talked talked trash and talked out there about me. Yeah, right there, and and he walked in the back. And he goes, "All right, man, I teed it up if you want to do it, man." Uh, but uh, <laughs> how you doing? How are the kids? That's funny. that's that's yeah, that's yeah. a guy that's just doing it for business. Yeah, uh, you know, Tito's not quite that way. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Obviously, the Tito fights were you know something that people will remember you for. But what was the fight before that that really put you on the map? Um. Well, I think what really launched things, I mean, as far as people going, oh, well, this guy can really go, yeah. um, was I knocked Kevin Randleman and Guy Metzger out in the span of three weeks. And the way you knocked out Guy Metzger. Yeah. I, I mean, I knocked out, and I knocked out him. Randleman, who was the, just came down to light heavyweight, was supposed to be the new dominant force at light heavyweight because he was a heavyweight champion. Yeah. Came down and I knocked him out in a minute 18. Yeah. Caught him a left hook, boom, out. And then I went to... uh Went to Pride three weeks later, and 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 knocked out Guy Metzger. It was a great, good fight. I mean, I think he won the first round. I, second round, I knocked him out. I mean, you slept. I, I slept. Oh, he went. Yeah, <laughs> I, that was one of the one of the couple of fights when I actually got got nervous in the corner because he he didn't move for a while. Yeah, me ended up being fine, but I was like, you know, that's when I was like, oh, oh, oh no. Um. Uh. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah, what does it feel like? Do you, do you know? Do you know when you've landed that knockout oh, punch? When they, you, you can see them when they, when they sleep like that. Yeah. Like, it's like I, I did one in uh, the IFC where I, Steve Heath came, hit with a right hand. He might have been going out with that, but I caught him with a right kick right after. Round his way back. I bounced off the cage, and he went straight down. And it was like, well, I was like, like that was right. I went straight. I didn't even, I was walked over to the corner, like, is he going to be okay? Like, um, I uh, hope he's okay. Like, it's fine. So that killer instinct turns off immediately. Oh, immediately. I, I, I look. I am truly trying to kill you when we're when I'm across from you in the ring. Yeah, that is my job. I'm going to try to hurt you within within the rules. I'm going to try to do my best to kill you. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but but as soon as it's over, I hope you're all right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm you know, it's it's for me, it's a competition. And I and I'm not an emotional fighter, so I'm not angry at you. I'm really just trying to pick you apart and trying to. And when I see when I see I can and you can see in guys' eyes when they're hurt. And they're, you know, they can, you can see, they kind of gloss over a little bit. Oh, you know, I get that, you know, that, <laughs> like, I'll get him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's actually a funny thing. When I saw Randleman on the way on the train to go back, to fly back from the from knockout guy, Metzger. Yeah. And Kevin, I, I like Kevin. He's a good dude. Um, I actually co- cornered him for one, for one of his, for a knocked out Crow Cop. But, um, but he, uh, he uh, looked at me and he's like, Man, I was really bummed out. You knocked me out, but man, you're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thanks, brother. On the flip side of it, when you've been knocked out, what's the least that you remember? Oh, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I, like, like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Rich. Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin. Yeah, I, Rich was fight. Like, I, well, I don't. After I, t- I took a shot, and we had a headbutt. Right? Yeah, headbutt him. I don't remember anything after that. For that fight. After, wow. that, after I, my, I split my head open, like I don't remember anything after that. And you broke his arm in that fight. I broke, yeah. If he, if I'd made it six more seconds, it was over. Yeah. Um. And and you know, I think if I hadn't headbutted him, I think it would have been over. Because I, if I saw that, I would have just. If I, I mean, if 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 I hadn't kind of black blacked out and really gone into fight or flight survival mode, right. mode. And, that, and that's the thing with me. When I went into survival mode, I just went after him. Yeah, you know, it's like went straight at him, and he, and he caught me coming in. Um, but I mean, if I if I if I hadn't done that, I probably would have backed off and just kicked him in that. I would have just kept kicking him in that arm. So, what's the um, next thing that you remember then in that fight? I remember being in the locker room. No way. Yeah, I, I don't remember anything until locker room. Wow. Yeah, that was a, that was a I want to that was a, but it, I mean or like I think I, I might have remember I remember getting waking up in the ring a little bit when they woke me up but I, I just don't remember I, we were, I remember being in the locker room trying to figure out what having people tell me what have you look up that's why sometimes I don't understand why people they talk to people after and and they go they're like and they're and they're asking me the guys look at and they're like so what what happened when this happened yeah, when you got knocked yeah. out and they're like looking up at the like trying to figure out like oh, oh wait no oh, wait oh uh I, and I've seen guys go I haven't got I didn't get knocked out. Actually, I look back at like I did. This is a long, an old story, but I got I got in a got in a fight at a bar. This big fight broke out at a bar, and this guy hit my head, brother in the back of the head, grabbed him by the back, and I threw him out the door, and he went down the started tumbling down the the walkway, and I was coming after him. So I'm real protective of my little brother. Sure, but even though my brother, I was everyone laughs when they see my little brother. He's like six four, three hundred pounds, but he's still <laughs> he he was my baby brother. He had a, he had open heart surgery when he was eight, and ever since then he was my baby brother. You know, yeah. I just. You know, we, we I protected him no matter what. You know, well, I, you are, why are you why are you so protective? You're your uh, enormous brother, <laughs> right? But um, but yeah, but I so I and I was chasing after the guy, and he and he went and he went to pull his gun. Uh, he had a gun, and, and he, when he got about here, and I kicked him in the head, knocked him out, went out cold. And I went down to get the gun, and the cops came up, pulled up oh. the tires up. I'm like, oh, not me, not my gun, not my gun, you know. <laughs> I knew all the cops at the time. They're like, that way, man, you want to press charges? This guy was going to pull a gun. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And the guy actually wound up, uh, the internal affairs came up and asked, you know, like, or asked about the story for me. And they asked six different people, got six different stories, right? Which is normal. Sure. Because when everyone sees things different, but yeah. Yeah, but every every one of them said he grabbed his gun. Some said he pointed at me. Some said he didn't. Some people said he he. You know, and he said it, it must have fell out. I never pulled it out, mm. and so he lost his job over that. And I'm and I'm I've thought about I've always thought about that looking back. And oh man, that really sucks because you know what? He didn't remember. Mm. Like he probably he probably lost that time because he was out out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kicked I, I kicked him in the head. He was he was he was out out. And um, and you know he lost he lost he didn't lose his, he lost he was going to be disciplined anyway, but he lost his job. Yeah. yeah I mean, it was scary. He was you know, I, I don't know, but I, I felt bad. I looking back, I always think, man, because whenever we ask that question, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is that guy, poor guy, lost it because I didn't. I'm, I, I told him, no, I don't want him to lose his job. 
And it's they like never, fault. Well, they're not, he's not losing his job over you. It's because he's lying. To, he lied to us. Yeah. But see, I don't think he did. He thought he, he really didn't lie to him. He just didn't know. And I and I didn't, at the time, didn't know. To t- like, I, right now, if someone said that, I, I would let him know. I, you got to know he got knocked out. Yeah. So he probably doesn't remember. The, he definitely doesn't remember the tense five seconds before he, <laughs> I mean, it was two seconds, uh, seconds before he got kicked in the head. I mean, I, yeah, you know, if he'd had it, was pointed at me, I wouldn't have been kicking him in the head. Like it was, I was running up on him. He's just, just he's trying to get it out. And I, I got him. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you have moments in your life now where maybe being kicked in the head, punched in the head, knocked down is affecting you now? Uh, not that I know of, no. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't know, but um, um, you know, but I did I did go, I went down to down um to uh Columbia and I got the bio accelerator. Yeah. They do stem cells. They're doing right? everybody. They so do a lot of the wrestlers we've talked yeah, to. I, I do um I did both my shoulders and amazing results, by the way. Yeah. Um they also did the one um, for your brain, I guess. Like they have one for they're doing for CTE and stuff like that. And I mean, I said, like I said, I'll tell you now. I, I didn't notice, but my wife said she did. Hmm. She's like, yeah, you're, you're, she's you're, paying more attention. Yeah, yeah, she probably noticed more than I do. Like, um, and you know, I, I did, I've been doing some some stuff with brain training, and I like they we they did an EEG like brain performance center here in uh, like Westlake I go to, but. Um, they do it did an EEG in my brain, and I did have a lot. I do have a lot of um, my. I'm stuck in. It's kind of I don't know how to explain it exactly. I'm stuck in like fight or flight most of the time. Like it's always my fight or flight wow. things are 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 firing all the time, and I have like the different places where I'm not using it. But they have they have a training method to help me get it back. So I mean, I get it. It makes sense. I mean, a lot of stuff. Sure. I, I'm I'm, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm I'm almost seven. 16 sessions in. I had 20. They're supposed to, they're hoping to be back to normal. And we'll see. Is there anything on you right now that hurts? Like as you walk around? Um, oh, you know, I, I, you know, I had, I had a partial knee replacement uh, uh, not, long, not long ago. But, but honestly, um, it's better. Like 
my wife asked me after after I got because I had to get that and I had a neck fused. Um, because but actually before my last fight, I, I probably should have my neck fused. I was um, uh, it was sliding and tapping my spine, so they had to oh. fuse it. Um, because you you lose your balance, you don't have the balance. Like and if you, like I close my eyes, I would have no balance. Like I, I couldn't do a if, I couldn't pass a, a drunk test with my eyes closed before the surgery. Um, but then I, I got surgery and everything's, and that's all back to normal. Everything, all that doesn't hurt. Everything's good. Um, my knee, she asked me two weeks after, I said, look, my knee feels better two weeks after the surgery than it did for three years before. Oh my gosh. I'm like, and really I, I, the, the motivation of even getting it was like, like I, I mean, my, my son I was running with my son. I was playing soccer with my son and he's yeah. like, he comes up to me afterwards and he's, and he's sick time. It might have been five time. And he's like, Daddy, you don't have to play with us. You don't have because he's like, because I was, I'd limp after him. I'm like limping the whole way. And yeah. it hurt. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't have to fix it. I don't have to fix it. And, um, and he's like, man, you don't have to, Daddy, you don't have to do that. It's okay. I'm like, no, I, it's fine. It's not, why, why'd you like her? I'm like, well, you know, I fought for a living. I, it's kind of just kind of wore, I wore out one of, yeah. so I wore out one of my knees. Yeah. And, it, and he goes, <laughs> Sit there for a second. Dad, I want to be a fighter. I'm like, um, did you just listen to me? Like I told you, that's why I'm limping. Yeah. Not because, but you know, that was the weirdest. Weird for me, it was kind of really okay. We'll see. <laughs> I'm gonna teach him to fight. We'll see what happens. Well, I think he's got the right genes. <laughs> well, yeah. as, as, as and his his mom's a genetic freak, so. Well, then there you go. We've got a future light heavyweight champion in, what would this be, 15 years? Yeah. 14 uh, years? Yeah, he's, he's, he's a tough kid. Jeez. You know, obviously, you've been a trailblazer in UFC. And I think there's a lot of people that can now follow in your footsteps and go, look at the career Chuck had in the octagon and look at what he's built afterwards. So I'm curious to know, who was the person that you looked up to as you were coming up? You know, I... In in the fight game, I really didn't have one. Um, you know, I really just kind of we were all kind of just trying to figure out yeah. how how to how to make this sport. You know how to anyway. Um, well, I was trying to figure out how to how to train it, yeah, work and and how to grow it. You know, because it was like back when when we started before. Before Dana and Lorenzo came in and and turned it around, um, I mean, a home run would probably be you know fighting three times a year and making uh, one hundred and fifty grand a year. You know, like that, <laughs> yeah, that's not much. There's no not much retirement uh, uh, retirement there. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think I, I mean I had over one hundred fifty grand sponsors my last my last fight. So I mean, there was a big difference. Sure. After after they they took over and, and uh, the ultimate fighter and. And everything. Were you able to maybe talk to some of your fellow fighters who were coming up at the same time and going, "Oh, oh yeah, look we, what we're we, doing here." We, co we collaborated with a lot of guys. Yeah. I think it was a real tight community. You know, like a lot of guys, like um, all the guys from uh, the Miltich Mil team. You know, those guys like Matt Hughes and those guys. And I was real close with Bat uh, BJ Penn and, and his team. Um, uh, you know, John Lewis out in Vegas. We just, we, but we all. We all, you know, we all hung out together. It was kind of, kind of an interesting time. Sure. You know, because we were all, you know, there's five fights, big fights a year, and all, all the teams, like, we all kind of hang out in the same places, and all the same, you know, everyone traded, you know, oh, look what they're doing, look what they're doing. Yeah. It was one of those things, too, at the time, if you're not evolving, you're, 
are dying. You know, you're not, everything's passing you by. Um, so you had to keep evolving and learning and, and doing that. So there was that drive for the guys that I think that had a long career was the guys that were able to adjust. Yeah. Make those adjustments. I, I, I mean, I feel like UFC still has such a long way to go to catch up to boxing in terms of paydays. Do you think they'll get there? I, I'm sure they'll get there. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of boxers, that, but there's not a lot of boxers that get the big paydays, though. I mean, there's not anymore. At least yeah. There's not that. There's not that many of. Them. Although the home runs bigger than, it's, it's huge. definitely huge. Yeah. But and that's that's one thing with fighters. Fighters like that home run. They always think I'm going to get there. Yeah. The real fighters, well, most real fighters, like oh, they're not worried about. They they want they want the home run. They want to be. They want to shoot for that home run because they're going to be world champ. Yeah. And then they're gonna get they're gonna get that big money. Yeah. And that's you know, a, a lot of I mean, I obviously you can't speak for all, but that's a, a fighting mentality. I I am the best in the world. I'm gonna show it and I'm gonna make the big money. Well, and and they all come hand in hand. I'm the best in the world, then I'm gonna start to make a bunch of money because I'm the best in the world. Right. And I mean now we're, are we at two weeks away from the Conor McGregor fight. So it's Connor Dustin three. How do you see that fight going? Um I I'm expecting Connor to come in and have made some adjustments. He's a very um, very smart uh, martial artist, and um, I think he'll have made some adjustments. And we'll see uh, what happens. I mean, I I, I mean, Poirier's tough, and um, yeah, and and he and he showed it. But uh, you know, he's got to be. He's still always got to be careful. Like his, his, you know, I think if he does if. Connor's not ready for that leg, that leg kick again and stopping the leg kicks. Um, he's going to have a lot of trouble. But if he is, then he's dangerous all the time. And, you know, he's you know, he's got to be careful and not get caught. Not I think Connor caught. won that, that first round. Last yeah, yeah, I thought he won the first round too. And then, uh, but uh, you, could, you could see at the end of it, his leg was hurting already. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, oh, oh, that doesn't look good. If that keeps going on, yeah. it's going to be a trouble. Um, no, so so we'll see what happens. And then Dustin started that flurry, and he just caught him like that was it. Oh yeah, I mean, but that, I think that had to do had a lot to do with the leg with the leg being hurt, and not being able to move right. Yeah, not be able to you know, and then and, and Dustin finished him the way he should. You know, he, he got him hurt and went, yeah. and went and went and went and went. Yeah, that's how that's how you put someone away. Your your name keeps getting thrown around as an opponent for Jake Paul. And you, <laughs> what a reaction! Well, look, man, I, I, I don't mind messing around, joking around for that stuff. But I'm, I'm, I'm too big for the kid. I, that, I mean, it makes no sense for them to fight me. But they're not. He's not going to fight me. Yeah. Like, uh, even if they, even if his camp thought he could beat me, they have to be worried the whole time. Because the last thing to go for for a fighter, especially in boxing, is power. Mm-hmm. So the guys he trains with know me, and they know, no, I, I still, I can still. I still hit as hard as I as I ever have. So, um, even if they think you could beat me seven out of ten times or whatever, it, they're going to be worried that oops, he makes one mistake anytime during this fight, it's over. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I, it just it doesn't make any sense. I don't think I don't think it'll ever make any sense for them to do it. Any any small for me, you know, and you know, and you know, they're they're. They're moving them along slowly, like they should. Like the problem with a lot of guys is making a big name with them for themselves. It was back in the old days when the UFC guys would come over from other sports. Yeah, yeah. this big wrestler, and then they, all of a sudden they're fighting top end guys. Yep, like they they got they get thrown to the wolves, right? 
And it's like, yeah. um, they're not ready for that. They need it. They needed to. They need to get a few warm up fights and get build their way up. And they need to learn yeah. a few more things as they're going and get yeah. better and better. And then fight the top rung. And I then maybe they could have got there. But if you don't, like, if you don't, if you just jump right in, sometimes now now you might get caught by someone that would have never caught you five fights down the round. I can only think of it working once in UFC, and that was Brock Lesnar. Right, and and it, and it, was, it didn't work for. Everybody else. Yeah. And, and Brock was a, was a national champ wrestler. And, yeah. and he was, they put him up against the wrestler. Yeah. Or and a guy, or a guy that, that wasn't really good against wrestlers, too. Like, I think was, uh, I think the first fight he was with, the guys didn't have a very, very Well, then, I mean, Frank Mir kind of, you know, put him in his place. Right. In his next fight. Right. 100%. Yeah. Now he gets in there with a guy that's a great jujitsu guy. Yeah. And you got to try to, try to deal with that and you haven't trained for it. Right. It just feels like, with the excitement that Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather had for this last fight, feels like celebrity boxing is like it's a thing again. You were just part of a celebrity boxing event. Yeah, that, I mean that was that was interesting. I mean, <laughs> it was. Fun. I mean, it, it was just an interesting matchup. I mean, a guy, you know, really big and really really. Small. Yeah, this was Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter, yeah. And you so, were the referee. Yeah, I was referee. And I, you know, I, I tried to. I actually tried to get Aaron to get back up after getting knocked down. The second, I think it was the second time. And he's uh-uh. like, I'm, I'm sitting there counting slow, and I'm like, "Come on, man, get up, let's go, let's go, let's go." He's like, uh, "No, I'm done." I'm like, mm. yeah. I mean, I, you know, he, he figured out he wasn't he wasn't he going to do anything. I mean, he, if if he was, he he hit. I think he hit Lamar like nine, eight or nine times on unanswered in the beginning in the head. Yeah. And if that's not going to do anything, I think you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you're in a little bit. I think that's when you go. Oh no, uh, he's this isn't working. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I just, I, I think that there's maybe an opportunity for you. Are you interested in doing a celebrity match? I mean, I mean, I took, Shaq I, was I, the name you threw out. Oh, no, they, someone else threw out Shaq, and, um, and I said, well, if I'm going to do a big, a big basketball guy, what about Barkley? He, he challenged me again in uh, golf. He went, he grabbed me, he was, I, I played in the um, Tahoe tournament okay. with him a long time ago. We, we were joking around about it because I actually wound up beating him at the last, like, seven, in the 17th. Or 18th hole, 17th hole of that thing or something. I it took the lead to be second to last. So I'm, I'm a terrible golfer. <laughs> but, but you weren't but, last. But, but he tried to, t- he was trying to, the only reason I didn't, that even came to my mind is because I'd just seen him right before that interview. And he said, man, you coming back out to Tahoe anytime? I, mean, I think he just wants to get that win. <laughs> like he wants to beat me. <laughs> like yeah. at the, the golf. I mean, he, 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 I hear he's playing good again. He just had that weird swing for a while. Like that. <laughs> Hiccup in his swing. Have you seen it? Have you actually seen it? No, I, I'd I heard about it and saw it. And I mean, it was, it was really like he would start going to he'd start going to swing and he go, "I'm like what? I'm like what was that? Like <laughs> is he really doing? Like how does? How, I mean, that how's that even possible? I, like I thought he was kidding. Like, I, like you got to be kidding. Yeah, this has got to be a joke. Like you can't be doing that for real. But he was. He was. It was some some mental thing and mental block or I don't know. Weird. Speaking of unorthodox, I always wonder, because I grew up playing baseball. Did you play baseball? Because the way you throw your overhand right is almost like a pitcher throwing a fastball. Yeah, I, I played baseball, and I actually explain it like that a lot of times. It that, looks like that's, that. That's, that's what you want. You want to throw, you want to th- you want to throw the overhand like, like you're throwing a fastball, but now just, you got to close your fist. And just letting that just I remember say, the first time I saw you, because I was playing pretty competitive baseball at the time, I went, that's a, that's a baseball throw. Yeah, and it's, and it's an overhand. Like a lot, most people will throw that overhand this way. Yeah. I, I threw it over here. I threw it over my head because I want to come this way. 
you come this way, there's it's a lot easier. This to is block. getting scary with these uh, so fists of fury it's a lot, right in front of my face here. <laughs> it's a lot easier. It's it, so I always try to come. I, I want this angle, and yeah. you do it with your left as well. Yeah. Well, that, it, you have to if someone's uh, you can do like an out. I feel a different. It's a it's, it's a different one with a whip with my left. I mean, same 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 concept. So it's one of my one of the left hooks I throw. Yeah. Is it's kind of like it's more of a it's like a almost like a overhand right left, but it's like a. Just a, it's just a whip throw, and it's just a. I'm getting nervous with these being thrown around here. <laughs> it's right. It's a really. I mean, it's a. Still that's got a the really, power. It's a really loose power, power, power punch. But mm. it's not. And you know, and I, I use a lot of different hooks. Like there's little short ones. I lose different, different yep. hooks, but. Yep. Um, I I think I I pride myself on throwing things from different angles and in different ways, and I had different a lot of different tools to use yeah. when I was fighting. If you could go back and do one of your fights over again. Which one do you think it would be? Win or loss? Um, okay. Now that's hard to choose. Uh, I, it would have to be. I would want to. I want to. I want. I want to go back. Yeah, I would like another shot at Rampage. Mm. Is really who I'd want to shot at. But out of the fights for the fans, I think um, the Vanderlei Silva fight. I, w- I wish we had two more rounds. I wish it was nowadays because if it was like more that they could make a non-title fight five, five rounds, rounds, yeah, um, that would have been really cool. Yeah, I think I think we both deserve two more rounds. Do you think you would have done anything different if you fought Randy again? Um, no, no, actually, I um the first fight I I, I made my adjustments after the first fight. Obviously, you know, I could go back and hopefully made the adjustments I made for the second and third fight. Yeah, for the first fight. But I didn't. So, uh, but, but, um, you know, I, I, I made the adjustments and I was able to, and all big thing with him was I just keep turning the turn corners and, and not letting him like push me against the cage. Yeah. So I was just pivoting off and, and hitting him. And I, and I think that was the, the biggest thing was being able to move and, and having those just being able to pivot out and hit him. You know, he was trying to close the distance and because he can't stay outside. He can't just stay outside and not fight. He was more of a boxing wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Dirty boxing and boxing. So if he stays too far outside, I'll just kick the hell out of his legs. Yeah. And if he, but but when he, so he's got to close the distance. And when he closes the distance, I, I was kept just kept turning the corners and keep make it making sharp turns so he could so he go past me and then I hit him. I'm like envisioning this in my head. I'm like replaying uh, the fight in my head as you're saying all this. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it's it just it's it, and it's hard to take a guy down for wrestling when they're always side moving. Moving sideways. Yeah. Are you still training now? Uh, um, I not as much as I used to, of course. But yeah. um, I still I, I lift and I I try to hit the bag and still look like you're in great shape. I still um I, I still I still try to get in for wrestling. I haven't done a lot of wrestling lately. I try to get in, watching the, helping the kids wrestle a little bit, but <laughs> they're not big enough to wrestle with me yet. <laughs> Can't wait till my son's big enough to wrestle me. What's the best advice that you have for someone who's trying to get in, follow your footsteps? You know, train hard. Like get get train hard is the biggest thing. I mean, I, but you got to find a good coach, find good people, find a good gym. Um, I I always say for people like if, like if you're a kid, if you want to get your kid into it, wrestling is is a great base. Yeah, just straight regular wrestling, and then you know, and as and it's a good good time to learn everything. You know, you learn you know good karate school, good uh, good. Um, or boxing or boxing school or you know it's more the, for me it's more the coach than and and jiu-jitsu like i it's a good time i mean I, but if i had to have one 
if, if you're bringing me a guy with one skill that I I pick, I would always choose wrestling. Mm. I just because you give me you give me say you bring me a kid at, at 21, 22, that was an all American wrestler, Division One all American wrestler. I know he's tough. Yep. I know he can cut weight. <laughs> I I know, uh, um, and I know he knows how to get in shape. And I know he's uh he's he knows how to wrestle. I can teach. It, it's and, and there's, a, there's a lot of skills that there's a lot of skills that we don't we won't have time from there on going to fighting to teach you for wrestling from wrestling that you would inherently have from yeah. being years of mat time. There's, there's a lot of mat time we'll never get. Yeah, it, and don't don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I can't teach you good enough to be a good MMA wrestler. Yeah, from from scratch, can that's not a problem. But if if, if you're really out there trying to become you know, it's, it's, you get a lot of, a lot of stuff. You get a lot less hurt when you're a little more flexible when you're, when you're little and you're, you're kind of, you get to learn it for free a little bit more yeah. than, uh, than trying to get out there busting, busting people's heads. Yeah. Busting people's heads. Are you enjoying life after fighting? Now you're a podcaster. So like you're on the other side of this a lot. Congratulations. Oh, it's called icebreakers. Icebreakers. Yeah. So and wherever people are listening to this, they can find your podcast. Right. And, and yeah, and it's, it's fun. I actually, I'm having a really good time with it. I didn't know if I would. Um, <laughs> You've I'm, had a lot I'm, of great I'm, guests. Too. I'm, I'm, yeah. And that's part of it too. I love talking to people. Dana um, White was an early guest. Matthew yeah, McConaughey was just on the show. Yeah. yeah. And that, those are great. And, and for me, I'm, I'm getting used to getting a little more used to being on the other side of it. Like where I'm, I'm asking questions and yeah. like, I think with some of the people, some I looking back now already, some of the guys I know real well that I would that I've, that I've talked to, I think I didn't. I could have pulled out a few more stories that were mm. that I already knew that I really weren't wasn't that interested in hearing. Yeah, but my fa- but people listening were probably very interested to hear. Yeah, <laughs> you know I have to remember that this is for them, not necessarily just for me. Yeah. Whereas like guys I don't know, I, I'm sure I'm asking. I'm hoping that well I. I, I get a little selfish with guys I don't know because I just want to ask them questions. I want to know everything, yeah. yeah I want to know what they're, what they're doing and whatever. But yeah, I'm getting more used to it and I think it, it'll keep getting better. And I'm, as long as I'm having fun. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was, was able to do things in my career where at least now, like I'm at a point where I don't really like doing something. I really don't have to do it. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. Yeah. I think you should have Stipe Miocic on the show. And I'm sure you've heard this. People think that you guys sound the same. Oh, I. You haven't been told that yet. I, yeah, I have, no, I, I, I've, yeah, you know, I've heard that before. Yeah. But you know, that's the thing. The problem with that is that we'll start talking to each other. No right? one's and, gonna know, and no one understand what we're saying. Because I, I sat with my trainer Hackleman, John Hackleman, and he started going. He's like, huh? Like, like <laughs> people are like, people are like me and him start talking, and people yeah, are like, yeah. what? What are they saying? Like, uh, we understand each other, but it, it's just funny. I, I, I think that 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 would be funny. That'd be fun. I mean, if it was audio only, but, but you might fu- not know but, who's talking. But the, fun, the but the funny thing with that too, like when I uh, when I was talking to Anderson, man, you were talking really clear that night, that day. You did a really good job. I'm like, well, he, he doesn't speak the best English. <laughs> I mean, he understands it really well. But I tried to be. I was trying to talk really clear so he could, you know, make sure he he got it and could read, can understand what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, he understands really well. He just, you know, it, it's because he, he has kind of like has the translator a little bit too to make sure. You know, but it's like he's been living here forever. Well, yeah. 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 And when we talk, you have no. There's no. When you're talking normal, like you have no pro, no problem, like having to, having a conversation with him. I think that's kind of funny too. I saw um, Glover Texera. They, they were they were they were doing um 
they were doing a translator for him after a fight. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like yeah. I called him up. I'm like, why do you have a translator? <laughs> like, because he used to be my training partner, sparring partner for years. I'm all, he speaks perfect English. <laughs> like, I mean, mine, I mean, better than some of my friends, at least that are from here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So he's probably clearer than I am sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh. But anyway, but yeah, I'm like, why, why, why are you not? Sitting? But they just like doing that yeah. because he's Brazilian, so I, you know, the, for the crowd, I guess. I feel like you were so goal driven throughout your whole career. Now that you're not fighting anymore, what are the goals that you're striving after now? That that was the big struggle, I think, right after retiring. You know, is what do you what's what drives you now? Because mm. you know, you ha I have a bunch of things I could do. Like there, sure. I, mean, I had a lot of opportunities more than most when I retired. Yeah. And yeah, the, the amount of guest appearances you've made, Simpsons, Entourage. Oh yeah. All that movies. stuff. I, I love doing that stuff. Um, and the, the movies now I, I'm taking more serious and trying to get more serious roles and more, more roles and doing some more stuff. But, I mean, the COVID thing kind of screwed it up for a little while, but we get back to that a little bit. Cause I enjoy it. And mm -hmm. I, I figured out, I, I like trying, trying to act. Um, but I loved a lot of those cameos. They're a lot of fun. I mean, Entourage, I was, it was my favorite show. You know, I, I was, it was my favorite show, and I asked everybody I knew to get me on it. Everybody I knew had any, any connection to the show. And um, now every single one of them took credit when I got on. Sure. But it's fine. Like, it, wasn't like, it wasn't like it was a money thing anyway. So I'm like, yeah, cool, thanks. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Whoever, whoever contributed to getting me on the show, thank you. Yeah. But it, I mean, it was, it was really cool because I... I, mean, I was told they, because I just asked, I just want to be on the show. I want to wave high to Vince or something and walk on it because it was my favorite. It's, it's the last show that I actually watched every week. Yeah. Like I'd make a, make a point to actually make it to a theater or make it to uh, somewhere that had H, like if I was traveling, I get somewhere, oh, well, who's got HBO? I got to watch the, it's the, it's live and it's the first, yeah, first, okay. first, first show of this. I might even go see it. Um, it was the last show where, you know, I, I cared to get there and watch it the first when it, when it aired. Right. So, I, that's why I'm like I, I want. I just want to be on it. I just want to be. You know, he's on all these cameos. People walking on. I want to be on it. And they, I guess the the right. They were doing a that skit um, with the the you got got skit. Yeah, yeah. I think like they that, had their a, version they, of punks. Yeah, yeah. And they had a different prank. Yeah. Originally, but they're like, "Oh, we got Chuck on. We might as well make him the prank." They rewrote it. So I, I thought that was really cool. The was reaction from Johnny Drama was so great. Oh, hi, Chuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it was awesome. Now, those guys and those guys were great. They they made it real easy, and they tried to help me out. So now that COVID is hopefully behind us, more acting for you. Yeah, I would like to just start doing some more more stuff. But we had they had one. Um, we had one. I was going to actually be the main guy. I was playing a um, Secret Service guy guarding the president. It was, it was, cool, it was a cool little script. And I, I, you know, hopefully maybe I'll get that re rebooted or whatever and get get it going. But uh, um, yeah. Well, uh, Something will come up, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home. Oh, it's well, been great. Oh, thanks, thanks for coming on. No, thanks I'm, for coming over. I'm happy to do it. And again, Icebreakers is uh, available wherever you're listening to this podcast. I end every interview talking about gratitude because I think that if you can be grateful, you'll live a great life. So, what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Um, grateful for right now. Um. You know, um, I'm really grateful for my uh, my kids. Uh, they're probably the brightest thing in my life. Mm. Um, you know, I, I'm 
you know, if I'm grateful, I'm grateful for all the things, all the people that helped me get get to where I'm here. You know, like I, I never forget anybody that helped me get. You know, I, you know, got to do everything I wanted in the fight world. You know, I yeah, became world champion, became, you know, um, and then I'm still, you know, able to live off that career. You're still one of the most recognizable UFC fighters ever. You know, and um, I'm really uh, just grateful to be alive, man. I'm, I'm here. I'm living. I'm, you know, enjoying. Enjoying, be able to enjoy my time and be able to help other people. Like I've, I've been, you know, I never wanted to be anybody's role model. I never wanted to be. I was, I'm not anyone's role model. I'm just me, me. But you know, kind of realize that at some point you accept the fact that you know people look up to you or they, you know. I've, and I've have I've had quite a few fans come up to me and say that I've helped them through things or help them, you know, that I inspired them to do things or to be better. And I guess I'm grateful that. You know, I was I'm able to help people, even though I didn't know I was helping them in the past, and I can still help people. Um, you know, do better things or be happier or get through difficult times. If I can do any of that for anybody, yeah, you know, it's great. I mean, I actually had a guy come up to me the other day because I, I, you know, hey man, my my dad just died, and you know, I he's kind of an asshole, but my best memories with him are watching you. Wow, and I'm like, okay. I'm like, uh, that's a little, a little different, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I, you're I, welcome. I, I, but you're I welcome. Like, yeah, but I'm, I'm glad I could be there. But I'm glad, you know, at least I, he's got a, that's the positive memories he has with his dad. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a good thing, you know, and, and, and that makes me happy. You know, like the things yeah. I've been able, I'm really grateful for, for, for those kind of interactions with fans too. Like people come and tell me, hey, you know, you, you helped me get through, help me walk again. You help me. I've, I've had crazy stuff. And I'm like, wow. You know, and that, that really, that's probably, one of the most um, gratifying things I have from my left, like from my career. Yeah. You know, people that, that I was able to inspire and help. Well, the amazing thing is you inspire people, whether they're a fighter or not, you inspire people no matter what their occupation is. Yeah. Yeah. And that wasn't, yeah, that was, a, that was, I was talking more about people that weren't fighters. I mean, there are there's quite a few fighters that of course. have, have come, come up to me and said, you know, Hey man, I got a picture. Here's a picture I had with you. I, I, someone posted it, but not, not even the Connor one, a different one. Um, where I posted a picture, he's like, and he said, like, hey, this is a picture of me with Chuck. With Chuck, um, he's the guy that got me into fighting, and I fight in the UFC tomorrow night. Damn, you know, so that that's pretty cool too. Yeah, and so that 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 really wasn't the one I was really thinking about, but that one, that one's really cool too. Yeah, the fighter, fighter one, but every, but yeah, this was really cool. So, Chuck, thank you so much. Thanks, man. The Iceman. Ladies and gentlemen, what a legend. I just think doing these interviews in person is so much better. I'm sure you'd agree with me on that. Although I'm grateful that we live in a time where doing an interview over Zoom is a possibility with someone who lives on the other side of the country or the other side of the planet. Or when things were really bad with COVID, someone that lives down the street, but you could do them you know, safely from the comfort of your own home. But I'm so glad that these in-person interviews are starting to creep their way back in here. So a big thank you to Chuck for inviting us into his beautiful home. And thanks to you for hanging out with us on this one. Take a screenshot, tag us on social media. Let us know that you were listening. You can tag Chuck at Chuck Liddell. Tag me at Chris Van Vliet. And I'm curious if his prediction for the Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier fight is going to be right. 
And speaking of that, I actually have a UFC 264 prediction video that'll be coming out very soon on my YouTube channel. So keep an eye out for my very bold prediction on that. I'll leave you with this from Steve Marboli, who says, letting go isn't about having the courage to release the past. It's about having the wisdom to embrace the present. Be great. Be grateful. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight.